thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. This episode is brought to you by my free mentoring group, Healthy Lifestyle Choices. For wellness information, inspiration, and mentoring from me, just search the group Healthy Lifestyle Choices with Brett Hill on Facebook. Hi, I'm Brett Hill, and this week in wellness, a study has shown that medical maximizers, or people who are prone to race off to the doctor, seek a prescription, and demand a treatment, may actually be doing themselves a disservice. The study looked at almost 3,000 Aussie men aged 45 to 60 who were eligible for a prostate screening and was published on the JAMA network Open. The participants were asked to complete an online survey that measured their preference for more or less medical care, the Medical Maximizer Minimizer Scale, or MMS, in which a higher score indicates a preference for more medical care. Those with high scores on the Medical Maximizer Minimizer Scale were shown to have less chance of making an informed choice, less conceptual knowledge, less numerical knowledge, and less understanding of overdiagnosis. They also had a more positive attitude towards prostate screening and more positive intention to screen after adjusting for control variables. Between 34 and 42% of prostate cancers picked up by PSA screening are unlikely to ever cause problems because they grow so slowly or not at all, says Kristen Pickles from the University of Sydney's School of Public Health. Screening healthy men with no symptoms is more likely to pick up these slow-growing, generally non-fatal cancers, rather than fast-growing, fatal cancers, she adds. According to the Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia, for men who have had PSA testing every two years from 50 to 69 years of age, one in a thousand avoids dying from prostate cancer. One in a thousand also avoids being diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer. However, 25 out of a thousand experience overdiagnosis. That means that there are 25 times more men experiencing overdiagnosis than there are who avoid dying from prostate cancer or being diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer. Yet, once a man is diagnosed with prostate cancer, it paves the way for having radiotherapy and surgery to remove the prostate. The word cancer frightens people into action and they might have treatment they don't need. Even testing itself can have downsides for the patient. From physical effects like bleeding to the stress of having diagnosis of cancer, Dr. Pickles said. She mentioned even several of her people who had actually gone on to quit a job, leave a relationship, change huge changes in their life as a result of these screening results that proved to be actually not accurate. Screening itself could be doing more harm than good, Dr. Pickles says. To avoid overtreatment, the latest guidelines encourage doctors to monitor a cancer picked up by PSA screening to see if it grows and proves to be a problem. Overdiagnosis and overtreatment are a concern for other diseases too, according to this article, including breast cancer, renal cancer, thyroid cancer, and melanoma. Some experts have estimated that between 1982 and 2012, 18,000 cancers a year were overdiagnosed in Australian men and 11,000 cancers in Australian women. Dr. Pickle says, as a culture, we're biased towards people having tests and treatment. Some of this is driven by doctors' fear of not picking up a disease and getting sued, she says. But some of it is our expectations about what doctors should do. We go to doctors wanting them to fix this and test that. So it feels like they're being proactive in looking after our health, she said. She also wanted to say that there are financial incentives driving overdiagnosis and overtreatment. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that this is a big problem. We're talking about 
thousands and thousands of Australian men and women every year, in fact, tens of thousands of Australian men and women every year who are being overdiagnosed, especially in this case with cancers, but potentially even more with even more other diseases as well as a result of this attitude towards testing, as a result of this attitude towards treatment that that doing something is inherently better than doing nothing, that that we know better than the body what we need to do, how we need to check it, how we need to treat it and look after it. And I think it's really, it's time we started changing the conversation. It's time we started taking more personal responsibility, both for our health and for our health care. And, and so what that means is that we need to make sure that we're doing what we can to minimize our risk of ending up with these cancers via our lifestyle. You know, there are so many now known carcinogens in our environment, in our lifestyle that can be avoided. You know, we know that eating fruits and vegetables, that eating a healthy diet, that getting exercises, that managing our stress is going to help reduce our risk of almost all of these cancers. You know, at the same time, we have to take more personal responsibility for our health care. We can't just trust the experts. We can't just go along with whenever they suggest that we need to have a test, go along with whenever they suggest that we need to have a treatment because what we're seeing is that they are overstressed. You know, they're overworked. They're doing long hours. They're spending less and less time with each patient. And as a result, they're not always going to get it right. They're not always going to give you the best advice towards you as an individual. And, and this is why when we talk about evidence-based medicine, you know, the best available evidence-based medicine is considered a combination of the latest research, in this case, research suggesting that there is such a thing as overdiagnosis and you might need to be careful of it. Professional opinion, which is the, you know, trusting the experts, the opinion of that expert. And it is an opinion, not a fact, as we're seeing from this study. They don't always get it right. So you need to be mindful of that. And the third wheel, patient preference. And this is where you come in. And this is where it's really important that you're asking the right questions and having the right expectations of your health professional. You know, you're not just expecting to come away with a test and a treatment. You're expecting them to make the best decision about whether you do in fact need a test or a treatment and understanding that sometimes the best thing you can do is not do the test or the treatment. And I think that's really important. And I think in our current climate where we are just being told to blindly trust the experts, where we're seemingly losing some of our personal responsibility, we're being coerced into making sometimes decisions that we wouldn't like to make. I think it's really important that we're well aware of this conversation and well aware of our informed choice. You know, I think at the moment, I'd love to know the MMS score of some of our health bureaucrats who are making decisions around us at the moment. You know, where do they rate? on this scale in terms of you know, medical treatment and the need for medical treatment and their knowledge and information and understanding of overdiagnosis. I'd love to know where some of them sit on that. But I also think for you, it's important that you understand your informed choice, You know that you really make an effort to have the knowledge, to have the information, to have the education as much as you can so that you can make an informed choice about what's right for you and what's right for your body rather than a cookie cutter one size fits all approach that may be happening in the medical system and I think there's never been a more important time for you to stand up for your informed choice and make sure that you retain that over time so you know I really encourage you to take personal responsibility for your health keep fighting for the ability to have that personal responsibility right now while there are elections going on all around Australia 
vote for your right to retain that personal responsibility. You know, you should be having conversations with your parliamentarians, letting them know what you expect in that regard and who you'll be voting for, what policies you're going to be voting for when it comes to personal responsibility. They need to know that you retaining the ability to make an informed choice about your health care is really, really important to you. So, You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.